Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is James, and I'm currently uh, setting up for my interview with Lawrence, who's on his way. Um, really excited to talk to him, and I thought this might be a nice little bit for the podcast uh, to go before... Uh, we chat and try and f- let you know guys what I'm trying to kind of do with an interview before I, I get into it this one's a, quite a freeing thought in the James Alcott that right now is in anticipation massive apologies for talking about myself in the third person there <laughs> um, but yeah in terms of me before the interview I'm really excited to talk to Loz and normally I think I've I've got really clear things that I want to go through and roads I want to go down and that is the case a little bit with Loz but I, I love chatting with Loz he's so easy to talk to and I think this one as much as probably any of the processes so far I'm I'm just really curious to to sit and chat with him for a long period of time I think we've had like you know 20 minute chats 30 minute chats whatever in the years that I've known him and I do consider him a friend but I don't think I've sat down one to one and chatted to him about himself and his feelings and ambitions on things I think a lot of people are impressed by Lawrence and rightly so he's a very talented guy but how does he feel about that that's something I want to talk about and as you know, as I just said there, he is talented, very, very talented. Uh, and I'm excited to kind of talk about his creative process and his ambitions moving forward and how he feels about being in this YouTube space. You almost sometimes think with Lawrence that he's not too good for it, but uh, that he has loftier ambitions. And so I'm intrigued to find out if that is the case with him. So fingers crossed it goes well. Um, and the next voice you'll hear is me talking to that man Lawrence McKenna you have to do the full process people who just work all the time 24-7 are trying to shortcut it you will find issues in that I put Cascada on and she came over and she went you're a real DJ and I was like I am I am I'm imagining like some people who quite like me watching this and going oh the fuck he isn't the person I thought he was it's the anxiety of will I make it to where I want to make it I told you you caught me in a dark I don't know if it's dark, mate. It's not dark, but it's obviously, it's quite honest. What frustrates me most about the situation that happened with Robbie, that's how you see me, like, wow, that's not my intention. 
Hello everybody, welcome back to The Process with the most requested person. By far. Gotta be happy with that. Yeah. Gotta be delighted with that. It's because no one knows anything about me. That's it, well yeah. So this is my first question, which will lead into something that we've chatted about twice and then gone, no, no, stop. Let's talk about this on the process. But I just love, I think people are going to really enjoy this episode, not because of me, but because I love chatting with you. Lovely. We have great chats. Yeah. And you know what I did as well? So uh, here's a quick uh, plug for the the podcast. So you can listen to all of these uh, as a podcast. Spotify, iTunes. Both both available. Uh, I did a little recording before you got here. Really? Just to kind of go, oh, this is what I'm thinking about. This one, that's good. Like, I love that. That's we'll great. see, and we'll see how it kind of comes out. Yeah. Um, so if you yeah. Hear, if you don't hear that recording, you know it didn't come out the way that he was. Maybe, yeah, it, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it just made you sound bad. Yeah. If you just start the podcast and just go cunt <laughs> and then straight into it. Yeah. Then it's yeah, it's gone bad afterwards. Or he's been absolutely lovely yeah. for this whole thing. Yeah. Then he's become a cunt. That becomes a problem. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, so God. here's the first question: Do you have? Yeah. Do you think you have a quiet mind? Or do you have a sort of busy mind? Are you always thinking? Um, that's a really interesting question, actually, isn't it? Um, I think I actually have quite a quiet mind. Um, I don't think it's that busy. Although maybe I'm just really... I've become much better at organising my... Um, Your thoughts. My thoughts. Although Brian would disagree. Because the, So the reason I ask that is... Uh, so. My wife, she says she's got a... She will be about to go to sleep. Leave it. Right. She'll be about, will be about to go to sleep and she'll go, she'll go, what are you thinking? And I'll Good. be thinking, oh, well, I, I know we've got the podcast tomorrow, so I was just thinking of like whatever. Or like, yeah, oh, she- I've just had this idea for like whatever. So I've, I feel like I've got a quite a busy mind. I struggle to kind of right, switch right. off. Okay, I'm, I want to change my answer. <laughs> right. That, so then I'd ask her, i go, so what are you thinking about? She's like, honestly, nothing. Like there's really? no, yeah, she she'll I, be on the tube and it's just like I'd handle that bullshitter like this. I go <laughs> yeah. lie, liar. That. All right, I just because it's not true. You are always thinking of something. You'll always be thinking of something if you don't have an. But what, what's me, meditation then? Not to have what's meditation? Because um, that, that's something you've said to me. You've, you've tried to. You've attempted meditation. Yeah, I've got the calm app. It's got the calm app. Yep. Um, and meditation really works for me, but not in the sense that when I'm meditating, then everything comes out I'll I um, see the benefit a week later like right. the it's a not a delayed reaction but it's something that sort of slowly uh, slowly happens for me so if I meditate for a week the week after I'll slowly feel the benefit of that okay um, so it's not of, instant because yeah I've I've tried it a tiny bit but it is you know when you look at videos and go this is how you meditate this is why it's good all yeah. these things they do say this is a lifetime pursuit yes like this is not something yeah i did it for a week and it was like really easy they they say well in the videos i've watched they say you must commit to this you have to kind of be doing this every single day which i find unusual because actually i don't i don't find i have to do it every single day i find one day if even if i just do one day i feel 10 times better the week after but i think if, if you if you want to get to this sort of zen state that they that they talk about yeah no, I but you're not yeah. well no it's not that i don't want to get to it it's also that i think well fucking hell if i'm in this zen state and then i've got to do true news I'm fucked. <laughs> Lawrence, what do you think of that? Nah. I feel indifferent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, Brian, you're coming across very angry, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to get control of your emotions. It doesn't... It, um, I, I'm fine. Do you know what I mean? I know you are. You're yeah, absolutely uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I want to change my answer to right. is I think I have quite a, um, an active mind, but I'm quite used to it. Uh, and I know for a fact it pisses some people off, but I know for a fact that you've got... Or you've got to be in the right mindset to be alongside that so you have to be the right kind of person for you that. say that a lot 
You what? bring that up a lot that you're like, oh, I know I'm annoying or I know... Because every time you say it, I go, I don't... I honestly don't I think find you annoying. Lot, we're quite compatible in that sense. Right. You know what I mean? But I know there will be times where you will have been annoyed with me. Like, for instance... But isn't that you, everyone? Maybe, but I also... I sometimes also think uh, I am quite a tolerant person in terms of, you know, being just around other people. So uh, even if someone makes a massive mistake, it's very rare that I'll go, oh, for fuck, can you change that? I'll yeah, just go, yeah, yeah. they'll probably learn it in time. And that's something that I, um, I like really, I really like that about myself. Do you mm. know what I mean? I'm someone who you just, uh, or at least I see myself as someone who when someone makes a mistake, I don't go, nail him for that, get him, make him pay. Yeah. Like I, I'll go, he'll learn. And, you know, in time they'll get it. But I feel like I've had a conversation at some point where you've said that, that wasn't always the case either. There were That's moments the where you would get very irate about things. 16-year-old Lawrence is an angry atheist. Oh, let's dive into 16-year-old <laughs> yeah. Lawrence. Lovely. And I, I, I well, explain, paint the picture of 16-year-old Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, love it. Uh, I lived with my dad uh, in a, a, a four-bedroom semi-detached. Oh, no, a four-bedroom four detached. Just want to have a clear because I want nice. him to Impressive. get the full credit yeah. for what he deserves. And um, we, he is a very, he's a very, quite a quiet person. Um, not reserved, but definitely sort of just quite, he was one of the calmest people in my life and was, you know, I was going through this angry or sort of resentful, uh, ex-Catholic now atheist phase where it was like, you know, so who was, where was all those guys, the God delusion, even my grandma was getting it both barrels. You know what I mean? Where it was like, you don't really believe in God, do you grandma? So so to go back a tiny bit more then, where's the, Where's the Catholic upbringing coming from? Uh, well, it's not really, like both my parents were, uh, one's agnostic, uh, probably respectfully agnostic, and the other one is atheist, but sort of very far, the, you know, the crystals and gems atheist sort of end. So it's less about, I don't have a God, it's more- uh, Highly spiritual though. Uh, yeah, like sort of, you know, I, I go to festivals with them and, you know, uh, go to the man. So that's your- My mum. Your mum. And my dad is very much the square. Okay. Um, so he's not a square at all, but people will, because he's not someone who goes, Here, here's, what I, here's how I see the world, and I need you to know it. People go, well, you must have very normal. And right. I realised afterwards he was a man who would, um, if, I, if I was saying really angry, you know, uh, God delusion things, he wouldn't go, that's stupid, why are you saying that? He'd go, okay, well, why do you think that? And he'd just explore the thought with me and just let me get it out. Right. And then he'd just go, cool, let's move on. And then we move on. And Which you have that. You have yeah. that trait, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're happy to explore things. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy to, uh, it's, it's, but what frustrates me is when someone goes, cool, we've made that conclusion. Concluded. <laughs> like, uh, that, does, that never happens. That just, all, that never happens. There are people who want a boxed off simple life really annoy me. And that, that comes then, and that's why I was thinking about this the other day, that massively impacts my process. And my process has always been one where I want, every video to be all-encompassing. I want it to include the whole world. I want it to include like an aspect of everything. And I can't, I find it very difficult to stop and make one conclusion and just go, and that's how it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, and that's why the world's that way. So are you generally a, are you sort of not very good at making decisions quickly? Uh, no, I'm actually quite good at making quick decisions. And that's why I, I like my edits are quite complex. That's, I think editing is the best example of me being quick at making a decision. Right. But it's, the, the problem is when I make the decision, the decision, I, the way I explain my decision is not good. Uh, my girlfriend gets very sort of frustrated. Can you give me an example of that? Um, Some people want to sort say. of, uh, the, with editing, uh, I'm very quick at going cut, 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 cut. 
but before that, I will want to see all the footage. Right. And that's sort of a really good, uh, encompass, a really good um, ana- analogy for what, the way I see Think, things. And right, I, know, right. I know it's not great. That's, that sometimes doesn't serve me well, mm. but sometimes it serves me really well because I've got this video where I've, I've seen everything and I go, I know I've put all the, every little bit in. Because I, I remember when I was younger and I went to university, there were a couple of things that I really walked away with. And one of them was um, it, it's seeing the universe in a blade of grass. And I love that phrase. You know, like, so I can't remember who said it. I don't know where it was from. But I remember just a documentary maker going, you know, when you watch a documentary and you walk away and you feel like you can look, it's that, the documentary is that blade of grass. You feel like you can see the world through it. And you're right. like, wow, I have pure clarity in that. Okay. And I love that. I love that feeling of clarity and that feeling of revelation and that moment of like, whoa, wow. But, and so in, in terms of something, in terms of a manis- manifestation of something, mm. like you're saying, you like that idea. So I, I think one of your talents is that you like things to look a bit different. And yep. so that example there, is that an example of, I mean, that's obviously not the universe. No. That blade but of grass. It, but, but, it's but, that, but that's a lovely way of seeing it, that you that in that blade of grass, you can see... It, it, you can see every little strand that leads out of it that leads to why it is the grass and why the world is that way and why the grass is the way it is. And you go, oh, yeah, no, it all makes sense now. I didn't think we talked about grass this early. No, yeah. Fair enough, um, that's good. But that was also a big influence on my life. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and that's why I'm not a Catholic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's, what, that's partly actually why I'm not religious is because I do not, and it's not that I don't believe there's no God. What annoys me is the organised element of it where they go, this is the way everything is and you all need to adhere to those rules. And don't go looking beyond these rules because we've worked it out. Yeah. That, and that's the bit that annoys me. And it's not that I go, fucking Muslims or fuck, you know, bloody Catholics. I yeah. go... Why, you, why don't you want me to look any further? Why do, you, why, is, why do I have to stick to what's said here? Why would I not go, can we add some extra chapters to this? Because I think we've filled in some of these gaps. Like that's, why would you not do that? <laughs> I guess it, there's, the counter argument often is that idea of faith. And like, well, you have to, so it's how you look at faith. You if can look at it is, one or two ways. You can go, absolutely. okay, I'm jumping on board with faith. Absolutely. Or, or I'm going, well, that's not good enough, I'm hmm. afraid. I need a little bit more. If your faith is rocked by new information, you do not have faith. So if new information comes along and you go, fucking hell, I'm doubting all this, good luck with your faith because it's not a very good one. Do you mm. know what I mean? If Two of each animal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, so <laughs> how did he get the mosquitoes? Like, I don't... Yeah, what have they done with all the dung? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, I, they, well, they just throw it over the side of the ship. That's a really simple one. It's questions like that, you see, that I think you haven't thought it through. Yeah, shit. And so, it, uh, uh, and that my, um, you know, my RE teacher in school said he'll get an A, but he won't get an A star because he'll he'll really annoy me and um who said that to you my re teacher and she went he's really he's really um challenging but he won't get an a star because he's not uh there are certain little things he does which just you know uh she goes but he should get an a star right he he doesn't adhere to these rules he doesn't do these things i write like rambling four page essays and she goes this is brilliant but none of it's about the subject i've set so so were you sorry i'm so sorry this is all over the place no 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 Uh, no i think this is what this is what people want and to be honest i don't really care what people want i kind of just want to is this my my i'm saving some youtubers (laughs) this is my my curiosity coming out here to be honest uh so going back to those yeah those teenage years i think they're always interesting ones to to, to look on formative you Mm. could say that was there a kind of an, an age where you started to become more curious or were you always kind of like that i always had parents who drove me to be that which uh, or yeah. like would be like we'll go to the mu- museum today or we'll go and do this today 
and I was always into it because I love my parents so much. Mm. Like I, I love, I really, I, I, I your parents together? No, no divorced. No. But that was better. When was that? Uh, three, four. So oh right, separated very early. and then got back together and then broke up. Okay. Um, and was that, it all quite amicable? Or? Very amicable. Right. Like the judge who did the divorce was like, this is all extremely amicable, like well done. Right. Um, and that's what made it, go- and obviously everyone has their moments where they go, you're bloody dad, or, yeah. you know, can't she just stop for that course, time? Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you that. Um, but it's... Does that lead, there's something like that, because obviously there's, the, you know, there's divorces all the time, and some are amicable, but some, some aren't. Are. Do you think that in itself almost, when you're able to look back at it, you go, wow, that's... That's a re- really mature way of, of dealing with what is a really upsetting situation for, for them as well as, yeah. as, as you. But I, I think, I, you know, my first school report was the teacher going, he's five, five going on 50. Right. Like, so the, the, the teacher. Do you agree going, with that? Yeah, absolutely. I was a child that hung out with adults because I was an only child. I'm very talkative, always wanted to be like into things and like always chatting to people. And there's a really good bit of footage that we've got in this family um, video. And mum is filming me with one of her family friends, and his name's Alban. And I really loved him as a kid. He was just this really, uh, he was someone who was willing to be playful and willing to go on my mental adventures with me. Mm. But also there were, when he first met me, I was clearly, there's a moment where he turns to me in this footage and I'm going, I want to play with you. Like, I wanna, so we're playing a board game and I, I want to play with you, Alban. And he goes, you're like a little limpet mine, aren't you? <laughs> And that, uh, looking back, I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Why was that to a kid? But it's also really funny at the moment because I'm like, yeah, fair. I'm like, that's absolutely <laughs> oh, really? true. Wow. Yeah. So I, I was always into things and always like really into it. And I, I rem- there's also a funny moment where my dad took me to a museum and uh, he was dating a new woman and she bought her child. And uh, we, I was getting on really well with the kid, but I couldn't understand how the woman was treating her child. And so I was looking at them like, dad, you don't treat me like this. This is really fucking weird. In the museum, my dad was just walking me over to the things and we were going, oh, that's interesting, look at that. And she was going, James, look. James, look. James, read this. And it was like a, she was setting him work, whereas my dad was just going, oh, look at that. That's, that's quite interesting, isn't it? That's, uh, <laughs> was, happened. Oh, and you see that bit? And I'm going, yeah, I see that bit yeah. over there. Because I've got a thirst for knowledge. Yeah, I'm yeah. Forced into it. <laughs> but I've not been forced into it. And she's going, James, look. look James, James. What? And his name was, was James. Oh, and um, yeah. I didn't just choose. Felt like I was right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember turning to dad and just being like, weird isn't it and he was a bit like yeah that is a bit that is a bit strange but it sounds like you're having very adult conversations like all the time yeah but I also think it gave me a false sense of being mature beyond my years where maybe I wasn't that and so I, I also got into this I think every teenage boy gets into the point where they absolutely rate themselves yeah um, and you need to go through that phase so if you're and you shouldn't be conscious of it you should be I was never an asshole like Bam Margera or like you know the jackass guys mm. as much as I wanted to be like that I wanted to be that like bad boy I was never going to be that because that's just not that wasn't how I was yeah I, ju- yeah, I don't think yeah I didn't have that either but I think there was a, like I understand I understand everything I understand who I am yeah. and then you get to 21, 22, 23 and you go shit no, I don't. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what I've got to, I've got to leave the university yeah what and get a what a, a job a job <laughs> oh, doing what yeah exactly <laughs> but well that was the interesting side for me was I, I started my uh, I started running in my second year of university for like TV and those sorts of things so I never felt like I had I left and it was like right start the real world it was it never struck me uh, that I wouldn't freelance and so I, 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 in university, I'm freelancing because I have to do it alongside. So it felt like it's very natural right. progression. That's interesting. And it just went, and then people go, why are you freelancing? And I'm like, oh, I just love it. It's really great. I love this. People are offering me, copper 
Copper Knights, who just started, offered me like a full-time editor's role. I didn't really want to do full-time editing. Um, and a couple of people offered me full-time roles and I was just really resistant to it. And I just didn't want to do that because I, I, know, I just didn't really feel that. Is that something that's, so I've, I did freelancing briefly. Yeah. Um, and I found it, I didn't like the, the insecurity of it. Um, do I you think I a lot of anxious, like, God, am I going to make the rent this month for a little while? Right. And then that but ends, that stops. And, you, and I, I guess I... Why does that stop? Just because, because you get your, your foot in the door. <laughs> yeah, your foot's in the door. <laughs> and your rates go, um, you know, so there were days where I was working for like 50 quid a day and I was 20, 21 or something. And I was, I had to work, I, I knew I had to work 12 days a month to get to the 600. Right. To get to the rent. Mm -hmm. And so I had a few really kind people. I'd be like, I need three days. I need like a couple of extra days and I'll, I'll work this, I'll do that. But because I was so technically proficient, it was really handy to have me around. I wasn't just a runner, I was... I could point a camera, I could edit. Can you remember when you first made a video? Uh, I probably still have this somewhere, but we've not just not transferred it to digital. I, my granddad bought a camera and um, it, it, it was great because he had it for a little while. And so I was used to having this camera around all the time. And then my dad took it and went, I want to make videos of Lawrence. Now he was the only one with a kid at the time in the family. So he obviously took the camera and started making all these videos. And um, then one day I was like, I want the camera now. And so they went, okay, you can have the camera now. It's quite big. It was like a, it's like the size of an FS5. Right. So quite a big Solid, camera. Yeah, Solid, yeah. but it wasn't heavy. It was plastic and a little bit cheap. It was JVC. Yeah. And some proper tapes. Yeah, proper tapes and, uh, you know, start, stop. And you had to sort of wait for it to roll up and like, but anyway, so uh, then I got, I got Action Men and uh, cars and like all the accessories with them. And I went and I said to my dad like, I wanna make Lawrence of Arabia with it, but with action men. And he was like, okay, great. And I, I need someone to film it. So there's a, just this video of, and you can see my hands in it and I'm acting with it, but I'm doing the doll, I'm doing the action man, okay. and the other action man. I've got another friend to play the other character. And I'm like, okay, so, and um, you can see me directing because dad's, dad's filming everything, which pissed me off. I was like, no, no, you film when I say action. And he's going, no, but he's a proud dad going, right. I want to film him. Right, know. yeah, you want, you, he wants the behind the scenes and the... Uh, and, and I the remember, and um, there are moments where, he, where he's just, he's behind the camera clearly just giving commentary and he's just going, all right, Spielberg. And it's like, it's funny because he's, wow. a, he's a real piss taker and a real, right. he doesn't undermine, but he just, he's great for a sarcastic comment. Right. Um, so it's, it's, all, like, it's all revealing itself. It's now, really the sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, I'm pushing these cars around, my friends pushing them in, and you can totally see me directing this thing and, and being like, okay, so the car's gonna roll in, and then he gets out, and he gets, and you've gotta get, can we get the binoculars? Yeah, they, and he's looking through the binoculars, and then we'll cut to the, the angle of the binoculars so we can see, and we'll zoom in on Dr. X, who's over there, and, and my dad's going, okay, brilliant, and you can see we're thinking, it's not hard, but we're thinking about the construction of how it. The mise en scene. Yeah, of how it gets put together, and. <laughs> And then I got into editing when we got a PC and Windows Movie Maker was the first thing. And then a friend introduced me to, um, his name's Jonathan. We made music together. Um, we were called the C Major Bros. Of course. Um, because he was, he's very, he came from a very musical family. Bebop? Um, it was very, <laughs> it, there was one called, um, there's, 
there's one I've never told anyone this there's one called Future Convoy which was just about what, a song called you made original songs made an original song oh mate Convoy you've got to them, react to that perform surely performing them in Beatles wigs and because <laughs> we wanted to be the Beatles of course you did right obviously that's incredible um, and some of my friends were like oh, that's fucking gay but I was like it's not gay it's fucking it's great and we performed to our parents and our parents that- just laughed afterwards and they just and my dad couldn't stop laughing like that was what was really funny was he was he was so there's one parent who was like oh my god this is so beautiful and my dad was just sat there going ha <laughs> Like laughing openly at us. That's what I thought was so funny. How did you take that? Were you I, sensitive to that? I was that? really upset. Yeah. But not in a, now looking back, I'm like, of course I was upset, but of course it was also hilarious. Like, why were you taking yourself so seriously? Yeah. I took myself so, in the same way as I still do, take myself so seriously. Do you know? But like, with no reason to. That's amazing. Um, and so we did that. I don't know why we got into this. Oh, Jonathan. Um, so we made, and we did that on. Um, did you ever have Windows 95 or Windows 97? Yep, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So we did that on, uh, was it Wave? Just Wave. Is it like Waveform or something? It's called Waveform. Okay. And it, what we do... I was busy behind Championship Manager. They, we didn't, I didn't know what that was. Wow. Um, we made, and what you could do is you could layer them, but once they were layered, it was fixed. So there was right. no, there's no layers. You, can't, uh, you could only see the Waveform. So we'd lay, lay down like a... And his sister would play the piano course she was fu- like six at the time and really? we were just going all we need is some keys so we go press that key then and you'd hear him on the recording going now and like things like that and then we'd loop it, it within wave and you could copy and paste the waves and all these sort of things but once it's fixed it's fixed it's done it's there it's sort like you can't go back 10 steps because then you've got to re-record it all so over it's almost like rendered and exported in one go and yeah. then you've just got a new block so it's everything is rendered and exported now add the other layer rendered and exported add the other layer rendered and exported and the, the desktop becomes full of every stage of it so you can go back but you can't really go back because then you've got to re-perform everything mm. and so that was like our first introduction to editing yeah and um and it was it was fixed you couldn't change it so there was it became this really like i imagine our parents watching and just being like what the fuck are they doing but what and but not interrupting it and uh and that was our introduction and then the program called ej came out which was um basically making dance music right. and it was the first introduction to layering things and going all right so i can put the you know like a house beat 120 bpm and that was, I loved house music. Did you? I bought a set of decks. Right. I had a set of decks. I was the, uh, I was doing mates parties. Like, you know, kids would come around and be like, teach me how to scratch. I'd be like, yeah, fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. I've got a Led me. Zeppelin. Yeah, Get my face. Let me show you. <laughs> um, and I had a samples record, which was just full of like hip hop samples and like a beats one on the other side. And right. That became, inter- I didn't know that about you. It was really, that was like my, a real passion. And my mum's partner, uh, now husband, like, uh, helped me buy my first set of decks and like we upgraded and I learned how to wire things together and that was like that practical side of things really like set me well mm. so I started with EJ and it was you know beats and then you'd and then you download like add-on packs and it would be like you know then it was like oh hi-hats and all this sort of thing yeah and yeah I learned mm. to layer and I, and I loved the construction of it and zooming out and going wow look at all, it looked like bricks on top of each other and I'd be like, oh, well, I'll, the, you know, the, uh, the baseline's blue and this is red. And I became very coordinated with things. And that, that was so, I loved that. That was amazing. I remember there was a song that I made called I Fucked My Teddy Bear. 
and it was <laughs> there's your title <laughs> not the seo i was looking for but <laughs> um and it was it was just a song where it just go it was uh, like the siri voice you could rent and it, this was like generation two or three of ej the first one was just it came with a load of things like a guy with a an echo voice just going house and you could just like or like right. things like that it's like yeah. you can edit this down to make me look terrible <laughs> Uh, and it would be like, you know, a woman's voice, you put the woman in, man. And you remember like old school house is just like, you know, disco, disco. Yeah, like yeah, those yeah. Sort of Very stereotypical. Yeah. And then, and then the next one came with voice render, which, which was like, you could type anything and make it say it. And it would be like, so I was like, right, what now? So we get this woman just going, I fucked my teddy bear. And it was a bit, that's over like, a, ns, 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 ns. <laughs> and it'd be like, I fucked my teddy bear. I fucked him in the head. And like, <laughs> oh my oh, God. <laughs> And we were like, oh my God. How old God. are you here? Um, 11, 12. So it's still like, <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's still so... Um, so it stands the test of time? Um, I think that in many ways, house music is uh, dateless, really. It's timeless. Mm. Gets their attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On that level, you're, you're doing it with that. I've dropped some drum and bass shit as well. Yeah, so, you do uh, yeah, I'm sure you can do it all. You often talk about um, thinking in a linear way. Yeah. And that kind of, that triggered something in my mind when you were saying there, that at 11... Mm there's an understanding i because i would my brain would work as right block block this is a thing this is a thing this is a thing this is a topic whereas it seems like quite early on you have an understanding that one thing can actually be layered it's a lot more complex yeah, yeah. than that yeah and i would start to watch top gear and be like mm, they've been i know i would look and be like they've vignetted that and then I would look up how to vignette something. Right. And I, or I, um, one thing I loved on Top Gear was they used to have like a graduated lens where it would go like dark to light. And so all the skies would be dark to light. And I, you see, all the, if you watch more videos, they're dark to light in the sky. Because I'd be like, I want it to look like Top Gear. Right. Um, and then there was, one, there was one video which I've never shown anyone. But my friend and I made like, so Daniel and I made um, a video where we pretended to go to New York. But it was in Burton-on-Trent. What we did was we would just uh, green screen, or not even green, like chroma key out the buildings and chroma key in a New York backdrop. Right. And it was clearly satire. Yeah. And we go to our local park and pretended it was Central Park. And uh, we, we uh, filmed uh, the aeroplane through uh, like a polystyrene um, window, made it look like we we're on the plane. And we played like the wrong songs for New York. So we played like Man Down Under and things like that when we we're going to New York. Right. It was like right. clear parody. Yeah. But it was such a great technical exercise to go, right, chroma key this guy out, New York skyline in there. And mm. I'd, I'd, my, Daniel would sit and watch, but he'd said to, he said to me, you sit and you talk to yourself. And I'd go, chroma key the, there, we yeah, got the... And he would take the piss and sit next to me and go, got the, what was the, over in there. And that, it, it, was, it became fun to do it together. When you've got, because it sounds like on a few occasions you're doing, you're doing these things with your mates. Yeah. Is there, do you, are you naturally kind of, you're the guy on the keys? Yeah. Instead of, yeah. instead of the other guy. I'll always go up. Yeah. Just, yeah. But that was great because also then there's no YouTube. So YouTube wasn't around at that time. It was the beginning of YouTube and no one was really interested in what we're doing. So, you know, really fr just friends watching. And it. it's safe. Yeah. And yeah. it's very safe. There's no, and there was no aspiration for it to blow up. There mm -hmm. was no, that I never looked at it and went, I want the world to see that. The, the 10,000 hours oh, yeah. of something, whatever it is, can end up manifesting itself down the line because you end up you're not even attracted towards something. You're just making your way forward. Mm -hmm. And you go, well, I don't want to go right. I'd, I'd rather go left yeah. and head it for a bit more. And so you end up 
getting where you kind of kind of want to be. And and um, and that's a, that was quite unconscious for me. So it was quite a sort of uh, it wasn't something where I ever thought, oh well, I you know I want to be an editor or I want to be this. It was just I'm good at it, so I'll just keep doing it. And that um, like you've really sort of caught me at a time where I'm uh, a bit quieter, doing less work mm. rather than in the peak of like my work time now. So you've sort of caught me in a time where I'm a bit quieter, a bit more reflective. Look, I'm watching videos back and going, God, that was. You know, at the time when EXO videos come out, everyone obviously in the comments goes, oh, this is amazing. But I'm watching back now and I'm like, oh. And I'm sort of in a moment in my life where I'm like, maybe I'm not as good as I... I'm going through that moment where you go, maybe I'm not as good as I thought. Maybe I'm not as like... Um, maybe I am really competent, but maybe I'm wasting my talent. Or maybe I am, uh, maybe I am really hard to work with. Or I'm really... Uh, I'm difficult in some ways. And like... Uh, I'm just being really reflective on that because mm. if you see it, don't, don't ignore that. Because when a video first comes out, the reaction on YouTube is always, wow, this is amazing, look how great it is. Yeah, because it's new. And you shouldn't put those people down. It's really good to have that positive feedback and that someone loves and really reacts to it in such a way is great. I think that's, there's no reason to put that down. But you should also, in your own right, be reflective and go, well, what do I think of this? Mm. And sometimes in the moment, you can't quite... How did See it? So you you said that I'm trying to be reflective on on what's going on because you've got that little bit more space to to think about stuff. And so I'm sort of in the the time where I'm you know I'm like, am I as good as I thought? Like, am I really as competent or as? Uh... So have you stepped towards that reflection, or do you think it's come to you? I think a bit of both. Like I sort yeah. of was looking for it, and then it, when I when you find it maybe um, there's a I was listening to an interview recently with someone I can't remember who but it's like you have to go to the, you have to look for the place you don't want to go to and then go there and try and find that mm. and that was part of it was it was like okay well let's go to that place then how do you feel in that space because uh, you're in that right now right yeah like. a bit uncomfortable and like very um, not not naked's the word but like very um, like if, when I, I wasn't dreading uh, talking to you but I was also like god are you catching me at the right time or are you getting are you getting uh you know what I mean yeah I know exactly what you mean I, I th it's really scary to be um vulnerable and and things not go your not totally be going your way or you're having to like and also having maybe a bit of time to think about things like I so I left my I remember leaving my job I was doing night shifts and I was desperate to leave it I yeah. hated it I absolutely hated it and uh, and I left it and you're then in this moment of, um, you know, I couldn't do that anymore. And I need to back myself to, to go and find something better mm. or trust that something better is, is, is on its way. Which it is. But you're also, it, and it is always, if you're, if you're smart and switched on and you're looking for the opportunities and you're willing to work hard for those opportunities and you're ready to, even if you don't have the skills, go and try and find, to find those skills and get them. But I, I felt very vulnerable, very worried, it, it's um, it's each day that you're not getting a job is is a is a little punch in your gut of your confidence it and your self-esteem. And I think when you feel, I'm, I'm speaking on my own personal feelings on these things. Self-esteem is uh, is something that sort of ebbs and flows all Absolutely. the time. And so it's good to have. I think it's, if you can look at it, if you can stay logical and 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 back away from it sometimes, because naturally you're gonna be in your own self-esteem all the time. But if you can back away from it, in the long term, I think you'll always be okay. So that's what meditation I find is very good for, is uh, separating yourself from that. That for me, mm. I don't know if everyone has that. But 
uh, one thing that really stood out to me with what you said there was about um, mentally almost have to go through these hurdles or stages to get to that point. Yeah, you that's the whole point of this conversation. No, it's not. I, was, I don't. I want to know about your past to kind of understand yeah, you a little bit better. But me talking to you in an hour, in, in a year's time, in an hour's time, in a year's time, it's going to be is going to be a new process that you're going into absolutely. because you're constantly, you know, evolving, changing. changing but, yeah. but that's part of it. That's always been part of it. And I, when I was going through like you know really upsetting times in my life, I did find I was quite creative. Like I did find I could feed off that quite right. well, which was sort of opposite to what I wanted. I didn't want to be that kind of person. I didn't want to be that like tortured artist who was like, God, I, I need pain in order to make a great video. Yeah. Um, and that can be quite a subconscious thing because w there are, there's things that I want to be like, and then there's ways that I am. And those two can sometimes be at odds because the people that I look up to, I don't necessarily think I'm like. And the people- And who are those people? Um, I don't know, like there's actors or directors that I like. I really like Spike uh, Jones, uh, the, the director. Spike Jones being the one who directed uh, Jackass and all those kind of things. Oh, and okay. did uh, Being John Malkovich, ah. things like that. And he, for me, he felt a bit like a precursor to Casey Neistat, where it was a bit gonzo journalistic feeling, but he also had a very beautiful side to some of the stuff he did. And there's one, I think it's called I Am Here. It's about a robot in LA who's going out and partying. Basically, it's the same as LA, but it's about robots. Right. And um, it's about that emotional side. And I really like Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah, I like I have like a bit of a man crush on Ryan yeah, Gosling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, partly because I think he's a bit funny looking, so it gives me hope. But also that I, I like his personality. I think he's quite quiet, reserved, but you can see he's got a glimmer in his eye that he Massively, does like yeah. some- Sort of uh, quiet confidence there, isn't it? Funny there? stuff. Yeah. What's Spike Jones like as a person? You're talking quite, about his again, body quite work. quiet, quite reserved. Right. I think quite sort of, but very quietly confident. Mm. And I would love to be more quietly confident. Like, uh, yeah. But not in a see uh, that's interesting. Aggressive way. I would um, I would consider you as, as as quite a confident person. But not quietly confident. You consider me as someone who's like a bit of an extrovert, and I I consider myself to almost be too extrovert. Like I don't necessarily always like myself on true news but I see it as a bit of a character yeah but it's funny because people actually like people see that as truth or I guess the opposite the other side to that is that I understand the necessity of that of being of embracing what I can do yeah you know what I mean well but I, for me what frustrates me is I know I have the capacity to do both mm -hmm. so I can do those things but it's, so to me sometimes the punny sort of that side feels a bit low, lowest hanging fruit right. you get the instant reward from it do you know yeah. what I mean I would suggest that if you think of the formats that you're involved in as well, like that True News, that is ultimately, you know, you need to be reacting mm -hmm. and also playing a role alongside Brian. Like if you're both doing the same role, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Like it's not going to be as funny. And, and you both enjoy that. And, and it's, that's something you've built up. Mm -hmm. Or like the live streams as well. Like you, you can't go, I'm not talking yet because I'm waiting for a good one. Yeah. Like you have to, you know, you have to keep that all, all you going. Have to have that, you have to be willing to throw something out there and see if it works. Fly it up the flagpole and see if it flies. Like, uh, and that's... That is also, that's quite interesting in itself. But back to the, back to the reflection side of things, it was less that I, I it was less that I was worried about the realisation of being bad. Mm. Because I don't think anyone is, you know, you, there's probably not a person in the world now who's bad at taking photos because everyone's got a camera. Like, yeah, yeah. So it sort of proves, it, it, that doesn't mean that everyone should take photos. Mm. But what I mean by that is, so I'm not worried about being bad. I'm worried that, uh, the worry for me is less, oh God, you didn't shoot that well. It's more, 
why weren't you conscious that you weren't shooting it well? Right. Why didn't you see that in the moment? Why didn't you pick that up then? Was that down to poor planning? And I know, and we should speak about this experience actually. When we were going to do um, this week in whatever, you and I went out and we did a shoot. And I, was, I sort of felt like I didn't want to do the shoot at all. But I, was, I felt like I was... Foot- so on XO, we had to do a shoot. We were doing like a pilot shoot for something called This Week in mm-hmm. Football, but This Week in Sport. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted it to be. So I wanted to go out and find out what I could say and what I could do. Mm-hmm. But what I realised afterwards was I hadn't really said that to anyone else. So you and Craig, who was shooting it, were on the shoot thinking, this is going to be the final piece. But in my mind, I had it. It was never going to be the final piece. Right. And I just hadn't told you that. But afterwards... I realized that that reflected badly on me because I, in the moment I've been conscious enough to go, by the way, this is never going to go out. Like, this is just me fucking around or like yeah. me working out what we can do with this, this and this. And uh, so why wasn't I conscious of that? Why, sh- why didn't I just say that and take you on that? That really, and that pissed me off because afterwards you cringe and you go, fuck, if I'd said that and done that, then that would have been so different. I think maybe there's an element there where you're, I think you Crack certainly... can. Yeah. Good one, to, yeah. Do you want to... Uh, yeah, where's the cucumber one? I might give that a go. That is, that's yoga bunny. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Other drinks are available. Yeah. Uh, Lemonade. I think in, the, in that moment... Sometimes cider. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes ginger beer. Yeah. In that moment, so I would say that, yeah, I think that that's fine. I think that's, I understand. It's good that you reflect that way, that yeah. you go, oh, I should have communicated better. And it's good that you've got the humility... To, to see that as well and take the responsibility yourself. I think a lot of people can be quick to just blame anything else. And so it's good But in the moment I was embarrassed. And so I was, I, w- I wasn't willing to, I, and I'm, I feel so stupid that, that, and then when you're embarrassed, you, you're, my mind's not going, fuck, you're embarrassed. My mind's going, fuck, I'm embarrassed, I'm embarrassed. Like, do, but that's you, embarrassing. So do you think that was um, down to, uh, in the moment where there was that bit of pressure being put on you, mm. you not being able to, kind of gather your thoughts and slow your mind down a little bit to go, no, no, hang on, let's, no, this is how I want to no, do it. No, this isn't what, I, the, this isn't the way I would do it. And I, and I was I, under, unconsciously or uh, in some way consciously just going, I don't want to do this. So I, I don't want to do it this way. So I'm going to find a way or my mind will find a way to not have it be that way. Right. And then I didn't do it that way. I didn't want it to so be So if you could have way. gone into that situation again where... So the, uh, just to give a bit more context with that, I think there was an idea that we, look, we want to get this video out um, a bit quicker. We want a quicker turnaround with it. Mm. Um, we think like this is something that we can... We can talk about trending topics, which would be good, a good different kind of show for, for XO. Um, so that was the kind of idea. And, and the pressure that kind of came to it is like, can we go and film something on a Wednesday, get it out by... Friday. Friday. Um, So if you could go back and do that again, what would you do? Well, I guess it's similar to that uh, wanting to watch all the footage before you edit. The same goes before. I wanted to um, think more about the format before I went out and shot it. And I I hadn't really had time to go out and think about it and reflect. It was just on the Monday, I think we went, yeah, let's do that. Or even the week before, and I went, we're not, I don't feel prepared. I don't have enough time to do that. In terms of being prepared, can you not? Could you spin that on its head and go, "Let's be so prepared that I don't need to see all the footage because I know that." No, no. But when I say see all the footage, I mean uh, in in the same way. Then I want to uh, fully prepare. So in take that, take the feeling prepared to do an edit and put that before shooting. So it's more that I want to see all the stories and all, and I want to read things and discuss it more and right, right, go right. through the creative process before filming. That's what I wanted to do, mm. and I didn't. I didn't see 
what we were going to shoot as something that had merit. So I didn't. I thought, mm, well, then we should just not shoot it. Yeah. And I, I think that also that, that feeling of when like the wheels are kind of getting out of control of it a bit as yeah. well. That can be really. Um, that can be horrible. It can be quite really disempowering, really which yeah. is quite an unusual uh, feeling to have when you're trying to shoot. When you're the one on camera, you want to feel mm. like you have, at least you know it and you have control of it and you can go, oh, I can see that in my mind's eye. I couldn't see it. Mm. And that's really frustrating for someone who can normally look and go, right, I've definitely got this. I know yeah. exactly where that's going to go. Um, but that's, that's something that people have to deal with as well, something that you think is... So first of all, I think when you were talking about the people that you like yeah i think everyone often likes people that they're they're not like because they go oh i haven't got this and that and you have got this and that but that's what's funny is i i so what i also find really interesting is and we should get into this a little bit uh i, I hate it when people say that on the podcast we should get into this because i'm really interested in it the it construction of identity and attaching yourself to i am this therefore this really frustrates me so it's the uh, it, and when people try and label you, that also annoys me, which is why also sometimes on True News I feel a little bit sorry after we've made fun of someone because I'm like, oh, that person isn't really like that. It's that I realise after a while, oh, maybe I'm not that, so I don't have to act that way. And I can be adaptable, I can change. And I think that's one of like my strengths is I'm quite, an adapt I'm quite uh, resilient and adaptable mm. and I will just keep going. I would say from, some, from the very first time I met you, to now, maybe it is just that we, we know each other better, and maybe it's not. But I feel like you've, I feel like you did wear that kind of I'm a director mm -hmm. on your sleeve. Yeah. Whereas I think now you're getting to a point where you're kind of, well, okay, that's something that I really love doing, but it's not, that's not the only personification of me as a person. Yeah. You're kind Although of broadening maybe you need it that as a director. Maybe you need that as a director to be like, I'm a director. This is how, this is what I do. Like maybe you need that identity because it's a very strong identity and you need to wear it very strongly as a director. Mm. You cannot be wishy-washy, I don't think. And I think when you, when I have been on shoots, it's therefore not looked as good as I want. Which is what I respect about Brian is he's got a very clear vision for what he wants and is very sort of uh, wedded to that. Yeah. Which, it works both ways. It can sometimes make it, and he, he and I both acknowledge this, we can be difficult to work with in our own way. But we love, this sounds weird, but we love each other for that. Yeah. Um, and we understand that we... And I think it's very simple from the outside. People go, well, he fills in his gaps and he fills in his gaps and they complete each other. That's not the way it is. Uh, and, like, Brian has definitely adapted more to work with me and I've definitely adapted more to work with Brian. Mm. It's uh, important to challenge each other, though. I think absolutely. That's, that's probably the, that's the greatest strength between the two of you, that you are willing to challenge each other. In different ways good. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and so having that vision, I think, is really important. Mm. Um, I wanted to talk about because we kind of have touched on it and it's interesting how right at the start you're talking about how you wanted like a taste of everything mm. in your career you've you know the initial sort of entry point was like hospital radio mm -hmm. but I guess before that is we now found out that you were editing before that yeah. DJing as well <laughs> um, making also music really, DJing is really uh, it's it's like a uh, I don't know like if an audio ever, editing have you ever made a playlist for a party yeah the pressure is on James, like there is, do I play 50 Cent at eight? Yeah. Or do I, play, do I finish play with that banger? Yeah. yeah, like, and 
What do I have in my back pocket in case the party goes a little dead? Now well, 35. You've got Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> like, there's, there's good and bad to DJing, but what it does is it teaches you how to editorialise on the fly and read people and go, okay, people are reacting well to this, more of this. Interesting. And you editorialise as you go. You can react to a dance floor and you learn from other DJs. Some DJs I knew could not read a dance floor. They'll play a song for themselves and the dance floor clears, but they're there going... Mm, mm, mm. Cotton Eye Joe again? Yeah. And <laughs> so I met a DJ who went, never be afraid to spin a record back and go, sorry guys, bang, bang something else on. And people- What, halfway through the song? Mm-hmm. Because, because if the dance floor is clearing and people are going, oh, and they're looking at you, that's a reaction. So read the reaction and go, cool, great, spin back, done, next. Right. And so I would have, I, and I was lucky enough to be one of the, I know this is fucking boring. Like there were probably people at home who were like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what they've asked for. That's what they're getting. The, the, I was lucky Not boring, enough, like you, you, you being allowed to speak. I was, I was lucky enough to be one of the first generation of DJs who had a laptop. So it was, I had, I DJed on just decks, but I then got a plug for a laptop and it was an output where you could split over two decks. So I could split a left and a right channel and one were going to one uh, side and one were going. So I had four decks essentially. And what I do is I DJ on the two decks and I keep one deck with just bangers five or six of them right and i your safety deck basically yeah mm. that's a really nice way of putting it and if a song went on that people didn't like i'd just go cool don't worry about it bang banger and everyone's back and it taught you to editorialize and read and work out what people liked mm. and that became really important in the editing process because i could as i went go okay i understand i'm seeing how this forms mm. you and don't you're not getting that feedback though no, but I'm giving myself the feedback and I can react right. to the feedback. So it was about working out how the arc of a night went. I can then put that into 10 minutes. So I DJ for five, six hours and I work out at midnight, I need to have a peak there. But if it goes on until three, I need to have three more hours of really good songs. Right. So that, then you take that and you crunch that down and put that into 10 minutes. And you go, what, I need that to... Give me just a... What is the song that you like? It had to be played. It was my safety song and the, the floor will be filled. There are some big songs in my generation. You can only have one. It, um, okay, then there are... So I, had, I also had two different sets of friends. I had um, friends who liked Offspring and Blink-182 yeah. and Linkin Park. Right. And friends who liked hip-hop yeah, and uh, sort of Nelly. Yeah. And then I also have mainstream parties. Okay. So uh, mainstream parties, Cascada every time we touch, uh, gets the kids on the dance floor sure. and the parents go... Yeah, and oh. even if you can't dance, you can just yeah. go... Mm, yeah, because mm, mm, mm. every time... <laughs> and everyone's like, fucking hell! Yeah. And I remember... Smashing an iron back. <laughs> yeah, and it was amazing. And I remember uh, there was a, it was a party of teenagers and one of the girls, at the, it was her party, she was they were having this great night. But I put Cascada on and she came over and she went... You're a real DJ. And I was like, I am, I am. And, I was, and, you're like, and the next song was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that was the oh, birdie song. Yeah. Um, I had that on record. Yeah. So, uh, so, and I was trying to get Wigfield off the <laughs> bed. That was, that was what it was. It was like, I had, and she, I remember just thinking like, yeah, I'm a real DJ. Like, this is fucking sick. That's cool. But, and she went, and you look like one too. And I was like, yeah, wicked. Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm, go hat I'm tall Paul. <laughs> like, I, Smashing uh, shots of vodka in your eye. Back into my eyes. And um, I wanted to be like Tiesto and all those sorts of, those sorts of DJs. And he was just getting big at that time. Right. Um, 
And, so, and then there was Linkin Park and Jay-Z, uh, Numb, Encore. Sure. Big. Bit of both, innit? Iconic Mixed sounding as yeah. well. So what I do Good is... Good drop as well, good intro. I, I wait for the song to finish and everyone's going, oh, and there's sort of a low mumble of like, oh, he must have not started <laughs> the next record. And then it'll do, 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 do. And I'll be like, and everyone's like, oh! Yeah. And then you go, yeah, yeah, yeah fucking dickheads. Yeah. You click the dry ice machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, um, yeah. <laughs> And genuinely, that's so you sort of picked that up as well. And then uh, the the other one was, I guess, um, like some forty one or something like that. Like a sort of uh, the faster we're falling. <laughs> radio DJ, Amazing. editor, director, DJ. presenting yeah. uh, hospital radio right at the start mm. of it. And then what you said right at the start of this interview that you get excited about certain things, yeah. and then you go off there and you want a taste of everything. Yeah. If you had to just do one of those forever and you've got directing. to... It's directing. Yeah. So it's not being in front of camera. No. It's not, it's not being in, in the trenches editing it. No. No, definitely not. I really don't enjoy editing. Right. Or after a while I don't. Sometimes I really love it. When it goes well, when I can do the, the whole process of it and do it properly, when it's not rushed, right. I love it. It's fantastic. Looking through the footage, going, yeah, that bit's good. Stick that on the timeline. That bit's good. Get that in there. And then watching and moving bits and manipulating how that works and right. getting into that mindset of it. And your, the way you look at clips, and you probably have this, changes, and the way you look at video changes, and you Massively. start to think, you start to see how you can move things around. You start to watch other people's documentaries, I see what you've done there. Mm. But it also, when you get into the editing, it can become a bit antisocial. Your brain, the way that your brain changes and the yeah. way that your brain puts things together, you, I almost struggle to talk sometimes, or I'd be like, okay, I've Hours just go, your, your hunger goes. Like, yeah, it's, it's, and you it's get mad. very embedded in it and like your mind, you begin to start thinking of things and you have to bring it all together. Mm. And I'm, so that, uh, I really enjoy that, but I'd much rather not do that forever. And I guess in terms of the creative process and having kind of power over that, the source of it is the directing, the directing because yeah. you're capturing it right at that moment. Apart from when we're on camera, which on a YouTube video, you are directing your own video. Mm. which is like that's you know we are our own director so that's that's good so let's talk about youtube then uh in terms of someone who wants to be is a director mm. or maybe wants to go on and do those bigger things which i'd like to talk about as well mm. we should get into that uh being in youtube yeah being in front of camera within youtube mm -hmm. are the moments where you want to step away from that mm. And why Absolutely. is that? Do you, do you enjoy presenting? I enjoy it. I mean, I'm, it's something that I feel... Because uh, initially, there was the, the radio aspect of it. There were, you, there were ambitions to be... Chris Moyles. To be Chris Moyles. Chris Moyles or... Uh, yeah, Chris Moyles. So why, was, why did you want to be Chris Moyles? He had full control. He, had the, he was the one who was calling the shots. He was the one who went, this is where the show's going now, and I'm going to do this, and this is going to be funny, and I'm going to be the... I'm going to be the one who delivers the punchlines on time. I've got the timing. I've got these things. I've got the buttons. And it was, it's like live directing. You're pushing all the faders. You are, I, I would watch on the webcam and be like, wow, look at that. That is full control. I had a friend, I had a friend called Matt at the hospital radio. And we did uh, Matt and Mac on a Thursday night. Nice. Thursday was like the big day in hospital radio. Right. Because uh, on the weekend... You're giving it up for the weekend. Yeah, basically. And people, and also Friday... Did you have a radio voice? Did you, was there, um, was there a difference <clears throat> to the timbre? I always sort of rated my own voice a little bit too much, but over really? time you realise uh, you realise I realised I had too much high and not and I needed to take it a little bit lower. I find that f all of that stuff fascinating. I had one a um, 
audition for Heart Radio. Right. I'd never stepped into You'd be into so good at that, that though, by the way. You'd be <laughs> so Bless good for, yeah. But I, I stepped into it. James at the graveyard shift. Hey, guys, yeah. uh, in the that, next half hour, we're going to be going to the news, we're going to be going to the travel as well. Yeah. Let me know where you've woken up and why you're going to work. <laughs> exactly, See you yeah. Then. Coming up to 11 now. What snacks are you eating? Let us know on 0800 555. It, it's, it's just one of those days out in London today. The, the weather's, <laughs> yeah. weather's a little bit growing. Let me know what you're doing in this afternoon. <laughs> so true. Yeah. But I, so I stepped into that totally oblivious yeah. of the nuances of a radio disc jockey yeah. because they were telling me that so heart radio for example is for 25 to 45 year old women mm -hmm. that's the person you're talking to yeah whereas if you're on magic yeah you're just calming people down they're probably over 50 years old and they just want to have some smooth classics you're also a generic to. voice you're just you you are there to be yeah. you're not they'll go they'll hear the name and they'll go it's uh Darren James, lovely. I love Darren James. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, oh, Darren James normally plays. Zero. Uh, now, there is zero personality in, in a lot of these radio shows. Yeah. That's why I only say someone like James O'Brien, because that is a talk show. He's, totally been a, he's been able to get it across. But mm -hmm. otherwise, I think Greg James is, is great. He has a, his own little bits and pieces. Johnny Vaughan is still the, the king for me. I love Johnny Vaughan. And, how he, and one for the weekend is like a lot of it is still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, very, and that kind of format and Vaughan and Moyles are very similar in that sense very true very um, true and uh, they both clearly look up to or take bits from uh, the American DJs who've mm. got their shit down Howard Stern-esque sort of. but I would imagine that so having found that kind of uh, excitement over something like that yeah I loved it why would you now why so in three four years time do you still see yourself in front of camera or do you want to kind of get away from that uh, or is I it mean, not as simple as that it depends I guess well how well paid is it um, I suppose it's I enjoy it. I love doing the kickoff with Brian. I love doing all the stuff that we do because that is a, that's a, a passion project. And that's what's really, luck I'm, we're lucky. We are doing a passion project. It's something that is actually just our job. Yeah. But the reason so I don't want to be in front of camera, mm. I enjoy the construction and I enjoy the theory behind it. And you can probably do that in presenting. And I really enjoy picking up other tips from presenters. But I also feel still like the presenter is not, they're not coming up with everything on it. They're yeah. not coming up with the essence of the show. They're not doing that blade of grass moment. They are the one that is the blade of grass. Mm. And I want to be the one holding that. And yeah. Then, see? So I, I, I think that is a great thing about YouTube now is that that, is, that can give... A, so from someone who was in, in TV and, and has then moved to online, what you saw is you got in there and you go, oh, I want to be a presenter. I want mm -hmm. to be a sports presenter. Mm -hmm. You watch sports presenters. They, there's an element of of them being able to have a, take control in terms of where they drive that conversation, but yeah. ultimately they've got to talk about the key points. Yeah. The rest of it is an auto cue that yeah. they're, they're reading. Yeah. You then move to say daytime television, the bulk of it is reading, uh, is reading cue card, something, cue cards, whatever. Auto that's been given to you. Yeah. The, 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 best, the best in the business, and they have been for 20 odd years, obviously they're going through difficulties right now, but Ant and Deck write everything. say Holly and Phil. <laughs> Ant and Deck write yeah. everything and if you say Saturday Night Takeaway that is their show that they exec yeah. produce it, they're trying to get across their feelings on on entertainment and, and how they can get that across and yeah. you see that in that show and that's why it's been so successful Absolutely. for up and coming presenters so for me I like being in front of camera not because I'm in front of camera but because I get to have the conversation I get yeah. to be a part of it for me it's like the fear of missing out that's what I don't that's that's right. why I'm that's what drives me to be a part of it I want to be able to go to amazing places I think that's something we definitely connect on when it comes to XO we'd love to go all over the place because you get to kind of cash in all of that stuff 
and get it as well. well that's someone else I love, Anthony Bourdain. So uh, the chef, dead now, obviously. Yeah. But, um, he, he was great at that, going to a place and capturing yeah. something and making you feel like you're there. And that's the good thing, I think, about YouTube, that I wonder if it's something that you should explore on Absolutely. your own terms for your own channel, because it's, you know, as people often talk about that's something that you haven't wanted to go a route you haven't wanted to go down yet in terms of having your own channel and, and uploading on there regularly. Mm, I see the benefit of it more and more, but I'd almost want to do it on my own terms or do it on my own. Uh, I wouldn't want to be beholden to uploading regularly or um, play that game of it. I don't really want to do YouTube like a game. And what can often annoy me is people go, you won't get far if you don't play the game. And I'm like, it depends where I want to end up really. Well, that's where I kind of wanted to go with YouTube now mm. because I think what's interesting is the 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 lifespan of, of YouTube sees see trends come and go, and that's fine. And like anything, when something becomes popular, it then becomes saturated. Absolutely. I mean, and in this instance, that saturation leads to noise. And mm -hmm. so then if you want to cut through from that noise, what is the, a nice thing I think about life is it comes back to like, how can you cut through? Can you offer something different? I, I hope. And do, do you think yeah. YouTube is, do you think you can do that in YouTube even now? Yeah, I think you can because there's... Um, so uh, the, other, the other part of university that I really love was just the theory and taking a theory and applying it to something. And I did media and comms and got a first. I was really lucky. Um, and I got a first mainly because I was part of a good group that did a good documentary, which you know, kept my grade fairly good. But what I really enjoyed was taking theory and then applying it to things. And one of the great theorists that I really still love is Marshall McLuhan who is uh, like a social he he predicted the internet he predicted all these things and how technology would evolve um, and go and read it it's amazing and there's a there's a book which is like really cheap it's a paperback book it's called the Me the medium is the message there's one thing where he talks about uh, he there he has four laws of media and you can apply them to anything and he calls them in a very broad sense he calls everything media so the couch is a medium wood and these blinds are a medium, bricks are the medium of a house, the house then becomes a medium. And it's very interesting to analyze the world in that way, like, um, because he talks about the, the subconscious impact and the impact that you can only really predict and find through doing. Mm. So, you know, uh, he, he talks about, so for instance, if this couch was covered in leather, we would sit on it differently. That is something about the medium of couch, which, yeah. Is, or we would feel differently sitting on it. We'd, yeah, you'd feel sweaty or you'd feel yeah. whatever. But that's a very subtle subconscious thing that we'd probably still sit on it, but we'd feel different. So the interview might be different in some way, but we'd only really be able to see that afterwards. Yeah. So anyway, there's four laws, but one of them talks about ubiquity. And it talks about when something is everywhere, what then happens, what happens to the medium. Mm. And I think that's what YouTube is. YouTube's an accelerated version of things coming to ubiquity, having a life cycle and going through that life cycle. Mm -hmm. And we can actively observe those life cycles going on. And it's happening globally mm. on YouTube all the time. And they're getting tighter and tighter, it feels like. But they well. feel that way because as we learn about those life cycles, I guess people accelerate them because they go, well, if I accelerate this, I can make more money in the short term, all these kind of things, because it's sort of driven by capitalism, but it's not really driven by capitalism. Yeah. So there's that, and it's that ubiquity 
that I found fascinating because I, one thing I feel I'm really good at is watching another person's video, you know this, you sat with me when we watch videos together, picking it apart and going, I'd have done that better, I've done that better, I've done that better. And I enjoy that. I enjoy going, here's how we can improve that. Mm. Here's how we can take that a step further. The point is, the ubiquity is a good thing in some ways because it means it's great. But at some point, that ubiquity will almost naturally lead on to a new format because other people will find something to um, subvert that ubiquity. Right. Not to get too intellectual. No, but ultimately you're saying that it, it, everything evolves. Like you, like you said with that initial medium of this, with it being leather, it would be different. Yeah. With one trend, you, you wouldn't get to this great new trend without yeah. this trend in between. If you take that out, then you would have gone left and gone exactly. down a different road. And, and we wouldn't have uh, the internet in the way that we know it if we hadn't have had TV we wouldn't have had TV if we hadn't have had books. We would, all these kind of things, they all mm. lead on to each other. And we, what's fascinating about it is, because when the internet came along, when the internet came along, it was quite fresh. The only thing that we really had before that that was like the internet was TV. Yeah. So we took the laws that TV had given us and put them onto the internet and were quite naive about the internet. And now, it's the other, and now it goes the other way. So there'll be something else that comes along. We'll take the laws of the internet and some of the mobile phones and laptops. And we'll, we, will, we only know the way that it will work after it started working. We can't, it's very difficult to predict and look ahead mm -hmm. as humans. But this Marshall McLuhan guy predicted everything that's going on on the internet. The Discord, the, uh, not the app, the, the, disc, you know, the, 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 um, the lack of organization, ideas clashing, people getting angry, people not being able to communicate well. You know, all these kind of things. And then people taking advantage of that. So then if I, I was going to ask you then, what, where do you see it going? Where do you see YouTube going? Do you feel like you can't kind of answer where you see that? No, going? I think you probably can. I just think that you have to, uh, you also have to acknowledge that it's within your own bubble. So what I find funny about YouTubers is YouTubers talk in an all-encompassing way about YouTube. Well, they actually mean my pocket of YouTube. They mean in my pocket of YouTube, I know it's going to be this way. But YouTubers think in a sense of I am YouTube because when you're on the platform it makes you feel like you are all that exists you're in your own little bubble you're in your own little you've subscribed to these things you've subscribed to that and the idea that the sidebar will take you off on some magical journey is an illusion yeah because it is something they've picked for you do you know what I mean like we had the youporn guy on or the crazy taxi guy whatever it was called uh not crazy taxi uh whatever it is fake taxi Right? And, um, so please don't get quiet. Yeah. And he, and he said, uh, and he was saying how they basically engineered that sidebar to work out that if you're wanking to this video, you're going to enjoy wanking to these videos. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. And it's the same with YouTube. Yeah. If you're mentally masturbating to this video, you're going to enjoy mentally mm. masturbating to these three videos. <laughs> yeah, to the infu infuriation of a lot of people because yeah. you're going, get, like, get off my recommended. Yeah, exactly. So that, and, that's, and people know how to game the system. So it's fast. So we can see where it's going to go. And the good people are, or the interesting people are probably the ones who study it and I can see where it's going to go. But we also have to acknowledge those creators and these young creators, some of them very cynical, mm. are the ones shaping that. But the real problem is we talk about it in a way as if it's like this magical fairy when actually we've got the control. We've got that. We've, we, are, we are the ones that can shape where it goes. True, but I guess the, the, the problem is that they're so, uh, so based upon human feelings and 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 like and things that go financial gain yes absolutely yeah but, these, but these feelings give me financial gain if 
I talk about sadness, depression, extreme happiness, or extreme humiliation, yeah. I will make money. So you're rewarded by those things. Mm. So the bits in between, there's no money in that then? Um, the sort of the boring interviews, long personal stories that no one gives a fuck about, no games. <sighs> okay. Cut. Um, so you can see where it's going to go. So, so then how do you feel you fit within YouTube? Do you see yourself trying to... What are your ambitions long-term? Where do you want to go? Do you want to get away from, from YouTube so that you step into concentrating on films? I know you always talk about documentaries. Or like, what, documentaries, what they do work you... on YouTube. They do work. It's just that there's not many people who make them. Shane Dawson is making documentaries. Um, but salacious documentaries, but documentaries. Got to play the game, Loz. Got to play... I guess... I've also found that YouTube, so YouTube, people assume that the platform works by the, the framework that's set out. So it's like, you will get on YouTube, you will make a channel, the channel will blow up, you will make money from said channel, done. It's not how it works. Yeah. It, it, sometimes, it works that, sometimes it works that way, and there are YouTubers. Other times, it, you make a channel, you, make a, you get to 100k, and then a TV show comes along and goes, you're much better if we give you however much money, and you come and make it with us. Mm. That's, that works great. Yep, yep. There's other ways, and that's always been the way my life has been, is like people have seen me on one thing and gone, cool, I'll do that. That's the way that Brian and I started the podcast. It's the way I did podcasting before. It's the way I worked my way up. Mm. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think I have, I am, I am very ambitious. I have drive. I want to be successful. I worry about not being successful in whatever form that might be. Um, when I look at you, I feel like... <laughs> oh, I can do that. No, 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 absolutely not. No, when I look at you, I've, I feel like you've just kind of, you've sort of, at, with, with total, uh, you've totally deserved it, every, every success that's coming your way. But it's kind of, I saw you like, oh, you're a blogger, but you, you know, you were good at that. Mm -hmm. And so you then get the opportunity. Exactly what you've just said, basically. The TFR thing came, you, you clearly shone through as a presenter in comparison to the other people that are on that platform, again, because of your talent, so you deserve every success you get. You then move on to, to what you've been doing with, with Brian and then XO as well. What, what I'm interested in is that, and maybe that's part of that ref, the reflection that you're talking about, is like you're now in this, this moment where you've got a new adventure coming, haven't yeah, you? Like, do yeah. you feel, do you generally, are you generally able to feel settled and calm about what's on its way? Or do you get a little bit anxious about, about it, it working out, you continuing to succeed? Calmer the older I get, I guess, mm. right? Like you, because you sort of see those patterns and you know those feelings and you start to think, oh, how can I manage that cycle of the feelings? So are you, where, with all, of, all that you've said, are you wary of going, I want to do that? No, like I'm, I'm absolutely great, I, like, if I, what's really weird is, uh, some, some people in my family have like a phrase where they go, "That's really Lawrence, that's like a, such a Lawrence thing to happen." Because one day I'll be going, "God, I wish I, like with Adidas." I was, I was saying to my cousin, like, "I really wish I could work with Adidas." Two weeks later, I had a call from Adidas, but that was what was really funny about it. Like, right. some people go speak it into existence. It doesn't work for everyone always in the same way. It might work in different ways. I, I was watching a really interesting uh, video with Jordan Belfort. Right. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. And, and he was saying how that is, that's, that's bullshit. The, the, if you go visualise it, think it, even say it out loud, it'll happen. That's not how it works. How it works is you face it. You, and right. your, the, the analogy used was iron filings and a magnet. Yeah. If your magnet is facing over there, mm -hmm. you're not going to attract all the things that you want. Yeah. And even if you're facing it, it's not going to attract all the things you want. You have to move towards it. Yeah. And then at some point, vroom, 
it'll it'll, it'll kind of come to you and you yeah. can you can go I was just lucky and it was destiny well th that's why I do feel quite lucky and I do feel like quite and I'm not I'm not unaware of like my sort of you know level of white privilege or like you know middle class privilege where I think you're very aware of that no no yeah it's not I'm, yeah I'm very aware of it. that's a really good point um I'm very aware of my level of that privilege and um also just the fact there are probably people who watch me and go and there are older people who are currently who were currently in control that time who went he sort of fits that fits what fits it you know what I mean like white presenter well-spoken little bit funny cool let's do it yeah and that worked but then you've moved into a whole world where and so I you know I've been I've missed out I've been a bit further behind you in some of those opportunities mm. for me I, I went into a huge agency yeah. who wanted to see me yeah. and they said we think you're we think you're really good we're not going to sign you though because because you you need to get something and then we can probably we can probably work with you Thanks. but but then he and then he went but it is going to be tough for you because yeah. and i went well I went, <laughs> why have you called this meeting why yeah yeah <laughs> what am i doing here yeah, exactly. yeah, um, because well because you're you're white straight middle class yeah from and you're you know you haven't got an accent yeah. And all those things which were great for the first 70 years of, of my of, life of media. Um, now it's kind of it's like you need to be something a little bit different to kind of which is, you know, deserved and un understood. But yeah. it almost you end up like I'm not cool enough because I'm because white and straight all and all those things. Yeah. But you are. But then there's other aspects to it as well. And maybe we are just at the right point where I no longer really want to be cool. I don't. Like, not cool in the sense of, like, I want to be... Chase seen, the cool. Chase the cool. Yeah. I want to be, like... I, I want to just be... I want to be happy in my own right, not cool in my own right. Mm. Do you know what I would say as well with, in terms of the things that have worked out for you? Mm. What I'm feeling more and more is... God, this horrific phrase just came into my head. Skills pay the bills. Oh, absolutely. But so <laughs> the reason I say that horrific phrase yeah. is... What I'm realising more and more is, yeah, I really want to do this... Or, yeah, I feel like I'm ready. Yeah. Or like, so if you then got that conversation with someone, like we both get a lot of messages from people going, I really want to be able to this, uh, be in sports media, this is my dream, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Too bloody many, yeah. Stop writing. What me. gets you somewhere is having the skills that allow that person that's going to employ you, it either makes their life easier or it, it's, it allows you to do the job better than other people. Absolutely. And so for you... Yes, oh, it's so Lawrence because it's worked out, but you speak really well, you know, you're, and the reason you do that is because of the radio aspect of it, because yeah. of understanding of media, because of the podcast, you're great at that. There's a reason why Brian's gone to you. He's gone to you because you are able to talk to all different kinds of people. Prince or pauper, <laughs> some people say. I but love you that. Can, uh, you can find that in, in different people. That's, yeah. And you develop that by, like you were saying earlier, all those things along the, along the way, by mm -hmm. being open-minded. And so, it's but I do think that works. But the fact that even now you've, you've got a little bit more time and you're going, right, okay, I want more skills, I want more knowledge, I mm. want to do those different courses. Other people would, would be kind of, other people might be kind of finding different ways to, to spend their time. I think that's, that's a really impressive thing that you've naturally got that you like learning like, new things again, and skills. Not, this is, there's a, there was a really good, uh, during the, was it the last Olympics or the Olympics before, there was a really good ad campaign by Nike. Uh, or Nike, as I call them, and they Nicole. they ran. Do you say bikey? So they <laughs> ran uh, an ad campaign which was about greatness, and it was about how greatness was not um, an in, uh, like something that's built in. It's something that is, you know, it's 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 in everyone. Is was the whole point of it? 
And that's what annoyed me for a very long time about media and those things, with people going, well, this person's exceptional. Like, this person's got this very unique gift that mm. no one else really has. Yeah. And that annoyed me because it, to me, I, I witnessed it from both sides, where I had been told I was very exceptional as a child, right. but I'd also then gone, yeah, but I fucking worked hard for this, so stop telling me that I have done that. And it also then annoyed me because I, also, I, I have a great sense of injustice when something bad happens, and I was seeing it happen to friends of mine who were not getting the opportunity, and sometimes it would lead me to feel guilty that I got opportunities that I actually thought, well, actually, that guy's really good at it, but you've looked at me because I was louder, or I was this thing, or I was that thing, and I've got it, I don't feel like I deserved it in the same way, and that really annoyed me. Uh, when I meet these different people, I think about how do I describe them, mm-hmm. and then I want to explore that. And I think the... Huh? How do you describe? Well, so a one word that I think a lot of people describe you is that word talented. Hmm. And I was intrigued to know, how, how do you feel about being called talented? That's a good question. Um, I think if it's in a sentence where they go, God, he's talented, he's made the most of it, and that's really good, isn't it? I think there have been times in my life where because I've, there's sort of a mercurial value to some of the stuff or some of the way that I work, uh, I see myself as talented, but not wasting it, but talented, but sort of, um, I told you it caught me at a dark moment, like talented. I don't know if it's dark, mate. It's not dark, but it's obviously, it's quite honest. To, to, because That's good. Actually, that is... there's, a, but there's, a, there's a lot online where, it, I, you know, I'm imagining like some people who quite like me watching this and going, Oh, the fuck, he isn't the person I thought he was. Well, no, see, that's, that's also something I wanted to kind of get from you today, knowing you, is that your, your understanding of, of weakness, mm-hmm. but you're also, you don't want to tolerate it for too long. Yeah. And so you're quite hard on yourself in that sense. Yeah. But, but, I, I, but then that's that, so if on camera, I think that can lead to you sometimes not letting, letting those things come out. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because you see it as weaknesses. I don't think it is weakness. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, it also sort of, yeah, it's just not something I've ever found particularly easy to talk about, is like those deficiencies, or it's not something I dwell on, so it's not something I do, it's not, if it's something I realise, I'm I'm not always think. You don't wallow. I don't mean you, you don't wallow at all, so, but but I think people, people have natural dips, so I think when you have a, so when someone has a dip, some people go, woof, I think you go like that, go, nope. Not yeah. it. No. And sometimes you will see it. Like sometimes I'll be very, uh, like, extremely sarcastic for a day, or like you'll, because obviously it affects everyone's actions in some way. But I really regret those days where it's like, and I feel so stupid and embarrassed about it. But those you're days. even there with your hand there, you're jolting your hand out. Oh, yeah, I'm saying I'll get it done. No, but you're going, no, I'm not having that. Yeah. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a weakness. I think that's a real strength that you can go, okay, what's, what's the action that's going to make my life better, me feel a little bit better, me like lift up my self-esteem or whatever or how I, I value or just get through the day and have a deep breath at the end of it and feel better. But that's why I dislike those people who go, you are, um, you are this. And then they just leave it there and they kind of box you in. That really annoys me. It doesn't give me that hope or that... But you can acknowledge weakness. I can absolutely acknowledge weakness. But then I guess what I've had is I've had some relationships in my life where when I have admitted weakness, those people have then used that weakness to get the upper hand. And then I've never... And, I, and I've always... I never like feeling like there's an upper hand. Yes. Even that if I feel like I have the upper hand, I feel guilty about it. Mm. And I get that I'm a person who's very sarcastic. Sarcasm gives you the upper hand. I get I'm someone who's like quite quick at coming back. That will give you the upper hand. But very often you'll you'll never really find that. I'll use that on a person I like or feel sorry for. Absolutely. You'll always find it will be to cut the legs out from under the person who is the asshole. Yeah. Or 
and I'll understand. You'll also find there are a lot of videos where I will completely cut my own legs out and go, I'm the butt of the joke here. Yeah. But some people cannot understand that because they would not do that themselves. True. The, the other thing I noticed in you, I think you, you really value an earnest person. Uh, a absolutely. But you yeah. see sh- huge value in that. Yeah. Huge, huge value in that. And I think that's, that's interesting. That's something that people wouldn't... Um, wouldn't wouldn't see in you, and I certainly was like that with you at the start. I was like, oh wow, he's fucking really sarcastic, like all the time. Yeah. Okay, but then yeah, but then you, as time goes on, and you spend enough time with anyone, mm. there are different layers to people, and I found that really interesting. That someone who was, because that was the moment for me. I was like, okay, he's sarcastic, I get that, so I've got to be on my toes, yeah. which is fun, which is huge fun. It's a bit of fun, but but also I I think like the people that you surround you with, uh, surround yourself with, the people that you yeah, you really show care. For, for people who are just kind kind people. Like, th- there's something about that. Like, I just really love unperformative people, people who just aren't performing. Mm. And, like, that's why I like people like Flav on, on your podcast. Isn't, obviously, there's an element that he's performing and he just play up to certain things, but I don't feel like he's performing in a sense. Mm. And there's I like, strength in that. Ab- absolutely. And that's just something I... My mind just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I'm, but I massively I respect that. Yeah. Um, and I love feeling that way where I'm not performing. I'm just, do- like, I'm just doing. Mm. There's something really empowering and, and happy in that place. Maybe directing is that a, a space where you can actually be like that. Uh, yeah. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And I really feel that way. And yeah. I feel that, and because um, like the actors. Gonna- that's why I love the again like the weirdly the process and the honesty of the process and that the pro- and that the process of uh, putting a video together will keep you honest because if you don't prepare for the video then it will not be shot well. And I'm, my problem is that actually I'm really good at thinking it on my feet and moving things. So even if we haven't prepared properly, I'll go. And Brian knows that. And a lot of people have noticed that. Like you, on, on set, I'll be very good at working with what we've got. Yeah. And just going, cool, well, let's try this then. And that partly comes down to the years of feet of, of um, I'm trying to think how to say it. It's pre- preparing to be able to work in that environment. So I prepare myself to be able to go like yeah. and just do it on the, off the cuff and so that's my element of preparation what I've learned more recently is not everyone can do that or can ride with that in the same way so it makes some people feel incredibly uncomfortable yeah when they have they'll see it as flying by the seat of their pants whereas I I feel perfectly comfortable there do you know what I think I think that's the difference between a producer and a director I think a right. producer is a bigger part of the like Okay, how is everyone? How is everyone feeling here? Mm-hmm. How is how is the uh, you know how is the atmosphere in the room, and how can we make that as good as as possible? Yeah. Whereas maybe if you've got more of a director's mind, then you're more relaxed in that moment. You're also thinking of the end product in a different way. So the producer is thinking of the immediate product to be able to make the environment for the director to thrive. Mm. The director is thinking of his end product. So it's almost a sociopathic way of going. How can I get the best out of these people and bend them to my will? Or like to oh, I never think in that way, but you no, get what I, I mean. Like, yeah, how yeah, can yeah. I make this actor do what I want him to do? Or how can I make this YouTuber do what mm. I want them to do? What keeps you up at night? <sighs> There's a bloody alarm next door. Mm. Just, um, Got to start. Alexa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> keeps me up at night. And be honest with me. I know you yeah, don't like yeah. it, but no, I'm just trying to think. At the moment. At the, like in this current state, it's the anxiety of will I make it to where I want to make it, and that worry, and that not feeling of quicksand, but that feeling of like, have I done enough to deserve? Do I feel deserving of where I am right now? 
And the, the honest answer is no, I don't feel deserving. I've not really spoken about the whole Arsenal fan TV thing with anyone. No. Because I've sort of saved it for Brian's podcast. We've not really explored it. And we will at some point in, yeah. in like some depth because... Yeah, I thought about, do I ask about that? And I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to. to yeah, but what I found interesting about it was the benefit, <clears throat> the, it, came, it blindsided me, first yeah. of all. But it, in some ways, it, was, it, it also, it came at a time where I was already being quite reflective. And I, I, I remember filming the video with Brian, which sort of triggered um, Robbie and... and um, because I, I think I texted you like two days before. Yeah. Because I'd watched Blood Brothers and I, I found it hilarious, if I'm honest. And we watched it. We watched a clip together and we were laughing. It was funny. At it. it was funny. And you I, can't, you can't deliver something to the world and then go, you've got to watch it like this. Yeah, though. yeah. That can't be the way it goes. And and that's why I'm talking about that sense of awareness when you're making something and having that sense of awareness. Mm. And I'm not saying. And, and I've got, to, I've got to say as I'm watching it. Watching that, I laughed watching it. And if, if that wasn't the aim of that documentary, I didn't get it. If I they were supposed it. to be dead serious, if I was supposed to like fall in love with, with the guys after that, and I know the guys anyway, but if I was supposed to fall in love with you after that, it, that's not what happened. I, I found it funny. So you've opened up like a re- something there that hadn't really, it's occurred to me, but I didn't really know how to say it, and now I do. What frustrates me most about the situation that happened with Robbie and DT and troops and all these guys because they've all done indirect things on social media to me, right? Oh, have they? Which I didn't. Was that I like earnest people, and I look at them and I go, "You're earnest, like DT. You are an, you're a person who takes yourself very seriously, and I want like I I you're, you he is earnest in a way. There are cynical sides to DT, but there's also a very earnest side which thinks he is doing the best for Arsenal." Right. And the best for his club. And that he is the face and the best thing that can represent that. And the same with Troops. Troops is representing a set of people who are Arsenal fans, but also people who are less represented anyway. And Robbie's the same. Mm. And I really, I love that earnest idea and that message. So when they, when he then turned a very long time ago on me and then turned on me again recently, I remember just feeling a bit disappointed and being like, oh, you've misinterpreted what I've been trying to do there. And it's not, and it, maybe I was, and maybe I wasn't clear enough. You, were you hurt? No, because I don't. No, I don't really care. But <laughs> I, it, I thought that might be the answer. Um, but I, I, I was, I was annoyed. Like I was, uh, not, not, but not to a like a life devastating degree. Just sort of like, yeah. a, oh no, like that. That was what got to me. Mm. Was that, and then what was really interesting about that was, and what was good about that process was the amount of people in the comments that went, yeah, Lawrence is a little rat, or like, yeah. Lawrence is a snidey little cunt, or all these sorts of things. And I remember thinking, that's how you see me. Like, wow, that's not my intention. Mm. I remember thinking, no, you got me wrong. Like, I remember you saying to me, that, oh, at least like, we can now have the conversation about this. Yeah. What was interesting about that was then, I was already in a moment of reflection, and I'd already had things that I can't really talk about because we're, we're still in the process of working things out. Um, but a lot of things, in business, I mean, a lot of things where it had been sort of like, Stuff hadn't quite gone the way that I wanted it to. And I, so I was reflecting on that. And then that happened. And I was a bit like, all right, well, fair enough. I'll approach this as well then. And faced it. Yeah. And it, it, it just sort of... 
I was in the I was in the comments and I was like, right, is that how people see me? Like, okay, I didn't I didn't realize that, and I realize not everyone's gonna like you, but I also it's not so much I want to be liked; it's that I want to be understood. Yeah, and that was what annoyed me about it was I was I was misunderstood in what was happening there, and I get that actually like part of Robbie's qualm was that I had maybe misunderstood what he was trying to do, but I never felt like that was the case, and I. Um, so I, I felt a bit let down by the whole process of that. I think also, that, to be fair, there was a clear distinction that it was, it was at you in a, in, a vi- in a video and an item within oh no, that, that video. that was made very clear. It was never about Brian. Yeah. And I just want to make this absolutely clear. I have a lot of respect for Brian. And so, and, and so then it is a direct attack at you. Yeah. Because if you watch that video back again, because I did watch it back again, I think, oh, was he that bad? You don't actually say anything really and that's what's funny about that that video and that's what's funny about that triggering in a way mm. and we'll get into that in the future yeah, you do that with Brian. But, uh, yeah and I, but but i guess I, I was never really talking about the arsenal thing i was really talking about the revelations that fell out of the arsenal thing and it was actually about having people go yeah that guy's a cunt because i really that got that upset yeah that it, it should upset. It wasn't Robbie saying I'm a cunt. It was other people right. in the comments doing it. I, it, I couldn't care less what uh, what someone who disagrees with me ignores me and then decides to lie about me says. Mm. I could care less about whether the audience that is watching me sees me the way that I want to be seen. Yeah. Because that's not. It's not even so much about me being like, well, I want to be seen as the good guy. It's then the frustration is me as a director and a presenter going maybe I'm not presenting myself or maybe I'm not conscious enough of the way I'm presenting myself because if I can't see that that's how people will see me then I'm not conscious of how I'm portraying myself right that's what annoyed me so there's a bit of like it's a bit meta but that's totally true so it was less me being like oh god like me and it was more like oh these people didn't like me and I didn't realise it Right, and that, and it was that lack of awareness and realisation and the feeling that comes from that is that like you feel I don't know, I'm, get, I'm just chugging words out. Do you, do you feel a bit stupid? Do you feel a bit yeah, embarrassed? You feel, you feel a bit embarrassed and you, feel, and you also feel a little bit like, oh God, like, is, that, is that how I am? Like, is that what I'm like? Mm. And I came to the conclusion, no, that's not what I'm like. Good. All the time. But, um, but I can be a cunt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but as anyone in life can, but that's also not an excuse. It was that I needed to look, I needed to look at that anyway. And that was, for, that, it didn't keep me up at night, but it was certainly... Uh, it was a frustrating time. Mm. And what a bizarre thing. Like, you know, the, the fact that, you know, you're living your life. It's not something that when you're 10 years old, you think, oh God, I hope, you know, when I'm 30, I don't, there aren't these faceless people who are allowed to comment on me in this way. Yeah. Like, it's, it's such a strange world. And the other thing is, I think there's a natural sensitivity that any person would have. Because as someone who uh, yeah. would look at the comments as well, at a few things, I looked at it and I, there was, there was 4% three percent of people going yeah i don't like him he is a rat or whatever that means that means there's 97 percent of people that like are going oh this is nonsense but as a human being you go you're going through it going where's the bad one where's the bad one there it is and then you can kind of you get it's human nature to kind of go to that there's also that slight enjoyment of reading it and being a little bit riled up by it in the like on a a very uh strange animal level like yeah primal level where you're like oh Fuck yeah. that person, do you know what I mean? But then there's also, not to take this to Chris Eubank, but there is the, uh, the, the poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling, where it talks about, let me find this, Rud, 
Oh, this is a nice ending, isn't it? We'll this is a good one. So finish on a little see if I can find Rudyard. Can you do it in the Chris Eubank game? <laughs> uh, yeah, current account, all accounts, Rud. We'll be a man, my son. You, one day, you'll be a man, my son. Rud. Yeah, keep it in my notes. So there he is. That is very Lawrence. <laughs> That's very Lawrence. Yeah, I, I like to keep my favourite poems. I like to. It's also very Chris Eubank, who is someone like that. Someone that I look at and go, he is not self-aware. Um, <laughs> there's a few quotes within it. If you can wait and not be tired of waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating. Yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. Those are all things I'm like guilty of. I'm impatient. I'm not. I'm quite bad at waiting. We all are. But I'm yeah. good at. I'm, when I am patient, it's so much more satisfying. I'm sarcastic, which people, some people can misinterpret as hating. And then also, I'm very good at looking too too wise. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, that's the YouTube comment section. So if you have an amazing comment, thanks. If you have a bad comment, thanks. Meet those two things in the same way and treat them the same and treat them with the same sincerity that you treat both things, you'll be all right. And that's the way that I treat the YouTube comment section. Mm. And so it means that you go in there with this mindset of, oh, thanks for that. Yeah. And so many people, when they go, yeah, he is a little rat, some of them I'd reply and go, fuck off, you cunt. The other people I go, and when they go, yeah, he does annoy me a little bit, I go, yeah, I'm working on that. And they go, oh, thanks for the reply. And <laughs> they do go, thanks for the reply. Yeah. reply. It's mad. That which is, which I think that's, is human. I think that's an amazing thing to, to say because as, yeah, as some, I feel like I'm kind of going through that right yeah. this second as someone who's making stuff and you put it under your name yeah. and you put it out there. And I, I had it the other week. I kind of like the views weren't good, but the comments were good and I found myself confused. And I, I thought to myself, I was able to get to that point where it was like, it's not, it's not actually about you. Yeah. Like, it has to be about me, my skill set, my product, and that getting better. Yeah. That's what it has to be like. And whatever happens after, you can live with that. Well, you can, but that's also then part of the process because mm. the process does not end with that video. You're going to make another video afterwards. Yeah. You're not going to, if you stop after that video and it's your last hurrah, sure. But you are going to make another video and mm. you're making another video now and all this kind of, and you've already learned from that previous video. Absolutely. So it's not... It's that trial and error, isn't it? Living with that is, is tough. Yeah, absolutely. Because you all want, you know, you all want gratification, you all want it to be, work out, you all want it to be okay. And so it's tough to kind of, especially you know, as a creative kind of thinking, oh, I kind of like this idea and okay, all right, I've created this idea um, and now I'm going to put it out there. That is something that's, that's, that's difficult to to live with. I also love, I really enjoy the grey areas. I really enjoy looking into the, the subjective yeah, and just going, yeah, everything is subjective. I'm, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Like, yeah. I know that. A lot of people are brought up and that's, again, like comes down to, I went through that stage when I was a teenager of wanting definitive answers. There is no God. There is this. This is this. And this is the way the yeah. world works. And then in time, and my dad at the time had to deal with that. And ultimately, it was an older man who realised he has to go through this phase to get to the subjective phase. Yeah, you need the, you have to test the black and white to yeah. realise it's not. They so have to meet together. And you there have has to, to be. You a have gray. to destroy them. Yeah, and you yeah. have to go. No, there, it isn't just black and white. Absolutely, and that has to happen. Mm. And if you don't practically go through that, and it's just someone who goes, life is grey or life is not black and white, you don't learn it in the same way as the moment when you go, shit, I'm an atheist cunt. <laughs> like that's that that's the frustration. Yeah. 
Uh, so I enjoy existing in that grey area and finding out about that grey area. Yeah, there's a lot of space there. Don't, yeah, there? and don't be scared by that. Yeah. Like, that is the way that it, we're brought up, and especially in our societies, to think like Brexit is very much good or bad, those kind of things. A lot of people are brought up and still exist in that. Is it good or is it bad mm -hmm. world? And that's the way the comments will be sometimes. Yeah. But it's not always going to be that way. I put it out on Twitter, like, what questions have people got? And one person said, forgive me, I can't remember who it was. But, uh, it was Rudyard Kipling. It was Rudyard, Mr. Yeah, Junior. <laughs> Rudyard <Yeah>. Junior. <laughs> he was saying that you look at Ricky Gervais and you, you talk to him and you go, you say to him, you've impacted a whole generation of guys who talk to each other. And mm. uh, even in this podcast, I'm sure we've done loads of little extraisms or officisms or whatever. He was saying, how do you feel about being someone who's kind of impacting on on people's lives and what they talk about and stuff like that. Now, I don't, I don't know, that's another one for another process. But what I did want to ask you is, so someone who's sort of like 12, 13, mm. what, what little bit of advice, and they want to create videos mm. and be successful at some point, what would you, what kind of advice would you look to give them? What would you say to them? Um, it doesn't have to be you as 13, just finish someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, just start doing it. Don't. Um, and don't worry about all, the Gary V generation or the Gary V mentality. And I'm not critical of Gary V in the sense, but the Gary uh, that you know what I'm you know exactly what I mean when I say that. That always be doing it, always mm. be thinking, always be. Don't let your mind turn off. Don't do that. My uh, the, the best some of the best moments come after I've relaxed, or some of the best moments come after I've meditated, or some of the best gone moments for come a run, after, gone for a run, yeah. slept had a week off, all these things. You can't, it, you have to do the full process. You cannot do, I feel like uh, people who just work all the time, 24 seven are trying to shortcut it and you will find issues in that. And we have a generation of shortcutters or people who are trying to be getting to the top very quick. You know, if I work hard, then I'll get there really, really quick. That's not the only way of doing it. And don't hold that up as the standard. Don't, those people aren't the best. There's, there's, um, there's a there's like curve there's a curve to it and actually a lot of people exist in the middle of the curve and the people who exist at either end probably not happy go out and do go out and look at things go out and explore a little bit don't what you do not have to be a youtuber in a room doing this there's a a framework for you to work into on youtube but that framework if you also leave it in certain ways will also reward you don't think you have to just upload every day and do the same as everyone else. Don't think you have to just do commentary videos or the bubble you're stuck in. Mm. Try and look outside that bubble and see what you will find. And it will make everything you want to do so much better because you'll end up with these new ideas. And that's what I loved at university was I had people who were encouraging me to look outside of that. I said this to someone the other day and I'll finish on this. At university, I didn't always enjoy hanging out with the film students, but I loved hanging out with the design students because the design students gave me a different idea of how to construct my videos, and they thought differently to the film students who were in that film bubble. The design guys were doing all these amazing things. I remember watching them and thinking, I, I love that kind of thought, and it impacted my videos massively. And you can see my construction in the videos yeah. because of that. So that, that, that was it. I, I went outside of the bubble that I, want, I wanted to be in to find something else, and that really benefited me. Perfect. Lawrence, thank, thank you very much. We'll have a cuddle in a second. Do I don't we shake hands or what? No, I don't yeah, want to. Yeah. We'll, we'll cuddle in a minute. Um, if you are new to the process and you've enjoyed this one, uh, then there are loads to enjoy, including 
the co-host to Loz. It's Good. Loz's thing. It's but thing. Brian, this guy Brian, it's called True Geordie, he, he gets involved every now and again. I joked to him about this He'd the other day. This, I joked to him about this the other day. I don't know if I made it in the video. I watched the full video, it's not there. But I went, what people don't realise is, I'm the puppet master <laughs> and you don't fucking know. And that, fuming, isn't it? I think it annoyed him a little bit because I went, what people don't realise is I'm the right wing one and I'm just going, say all this shit. And he went, I'm not right wing. And I went, well, you would say that. So it, do, do the bench press again. Yeah, I love, <laughs> Get the, bigger. I love that process. And I love the, pro that's one thing I didn't say in this, but I love the process of a joke. I will, and I was going to talk to you about uh, jokes that I love, comedians that I love, and the comedians aren't always the funniest ones, but I will laugh more at a joke that I like the construction of it than I actually like the funny punchline in itself. Right. So I'll go, the way you've done that is brilliant. That is a really funny construction. I really enjoy that. Well, look, there you go, look. If you want a part two of me and Lawrence on the process, I might have to pay him for the next one. You don't. This one does well. You'll oh. never have to pay me to appear in your videos, and that's because they're sponsored. Well, okay. yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want part two of the process with Lawrence McKenna, then uh, like this video. <laughs> Yeah, of course. So also the way you went, yeah, of course. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, of course, if they get sponsored, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's, yeah, this one's more, my skill uh, share. Yeah, that's, so. uh, that's morally unfair. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, look, yeah, if you enjoyed the video, then subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify as well if you want to check out the back catalogue. Got Smith, uh, Brian, Chris Pajak from the Redmen TV. Pajak the one I enjoyed. Loads. Of Thank you for watching. I'll see you soon. Good with that. Now let's go and do the other one. Oh, did I? Did I? I didn't mean to. Yeah.